I'd like you to imagine a little boy around four years of age, and he has a best friend, a boy who happens to live just across the street from him. They're the same age. They love to play together from sun up to sundown, and they never want to be apart. But when school starts for them, the boys find that they cannot attend the same schools. And soon as school begins, the parents of one of the little boys tells the other family that the boys will not be able to play together anymore. The parents explain, they are, we are, we're white, and well, you are colored. The parents of the black boy try to console him. He's devastated to lose his friend. In that moment, he is determined to hate every white person. His name is Martin Luther King, Jr. We know this is not where King would remain in his thinking. You see, the kindness of God is that God will not let us be. Guided by holy moments with his family, his upbringing in the church, his intense craving for knowledge, wisdom, and justice. All of these served as a series of epiphanies that shaped his life and transformed him. He would come to understand the complexities of a cultural web of oppression ensnaring the world that God so lovingly created. And Coretta Scott King would explain later that her husband, Martin, believed in what's called personalism. He understood that everything exists either as a person or some experience, a process or aspect of a person, or those in relation to each other. Or more simply, we're all in this together. And it's easy to think of King as a political figure only. However, King's mission stemmed from the church, from a desire to follow God and participate in reconciling our broken world. Maybe we might re-examine this cultural web through the lens of our Old Testament reading from 1 Samuel today. Samuel is an apprentice to Eli, the high priest, and we learn that the word of the Lord was rare in those days. And that sounds a bit hopeless. And yet the lamp of God had not yet gone out. This flicker of a flame still points to God's activity. And after much confusion, Samuel understands that a voice calling him in the night several times is not the voice of Eli, but of God. Samuel has a choice to make. Will he respond to God's call? God calls him once again, a voice breaking through the darkness of night. Samuel, Samuel, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. In Samuel's response to God, he is willing to be an agent in God's great plans for humanity. This young boy, who still has so much to learn, 
listens. And God delivers difficult news that Samuel must share with Eli. Eli, the one who has mentored Samuel in the tabernacle and his whole family, his house, will be punished by God. Delivering the uncomfortable is part of the mission Samuel signs up for. It would have been tempting or even possibly an act of self-preservation for Samuel to tell Eli something easier than the truth. Something happens, though, when Samuel responds to God's call. Samuel becomes the potter's clay, and he will be molded and refined over and over, more and more in the image of God. Samuel never forgets that Eli, even in his failures, reflects the divine image as well. Eli accepts what Samuel has to say because he knows it comes from God. In this passage, we see hope, possible transformation, a difficult web with Samuel and Eli and God and others becoming a place of holy interconnectedness, a dream from God. And this dream that Martin Luther King Jr. came to know is that we are not stuck, but that God is piecing us together. God makes Samuel a prophet, and he is God's vessel. There will be times when Samuel will use his prophet's voice to share God's vision with others, and it will not be easy. God calls us all to the uncomfortable, more than we would care to go. But we don't go to these places alone. We have all endured many hard and challenging days. What a year this has been. We do not know what lies ahead of us in the next few days for ourselves and our nation. This season of epiphany reminds us that God continues to be the one who is revealed in a new way, changing us, moving us closer to God's way of love. Perhaps we may lift ourselves out of uncertainty with the knowledge that we are linked to each other in some way because we all belong to God. And if we can start with that, let the Creator rule our hearts. We may then see the way forward for us all. We can refocus our prayer life with Samuel's words, especially when we feel overcome by the world. Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. This world will pull at us, tug at our hearts, and test us to our limits by asking us to deny the image of God in each other until it seems like the word of God has been snuffed out, that the lamp of God has not yet gone out, nor will it ever. God will continue to carefully mend us because we are God's beloved. God is reaching out to us right now. Will we make ourselves available to the call? Samuel wasn't ready. 
But Samuel was willing to listen to God, even when he wasn't sure what God would ask of him. Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Let that be our prayer for the next few weeks. As I was contemplating this scripture, I was reminded of a song, and perhaps you know it too. Here I am, Lord. Is it me? I have heard you calling in the night. I will go, Lord, if you lead me, and I will hold your people in my heart. Let us hold each other closely in our hearts these next few days and weeks. Amen.